you know, while we're taking up the offering, we want to remember to pray. Uh, you know, this lady, uh, congressman, was it a congress lady? Arizona was uh, shot yesterday. She's in critical condition. Uh, there was a federal judge that was killed in that situation and a nine-year-old kid and uh, I think three other people uh, from her staff or three other people who were there at that event that were that died. I think were nine people actually injured. Um, that's a really serious, serious thing to be happening in this nation. Uh, as the new Speaker of the House said, uh, an attack on on any public servant is an attack on all public servants. So we really need to lift this situation up up to you. A lot of the uh, prophets out there have really put out a warning that we really need to be praying for President Obama because they believe that there is definitely going to be an attempt on his life if we don't, you know, we, we need to intercede and pray against that. One particular prophet actually saw a vision. Now, he wasn't relating it to, to President Obama or anybody. In fact, he didn't know which country it was, but he saw a black uh, Mercedes that was that was driving very slow and he knew it was part of a funeral procession for a world leader and he was he said it was a very he, he that's all he saw that's all he knew he didn't know what nation it applied to but uh you know we just need to really be praying right now because sometimes when things like that that happen in Arizona it's like that those things can open a door for worse things and we need to shut that door now because it's not something that needs to be happening in any nation, really. So, Father, we just want to lift up. First, we want to lift that lady up to you and ask you to uh, heal her, Lord. We pray that she would come through. She's in critical condition. Uh, she had a serious head wound. Father, we're asking you for a miracle in her life, that she would be able to stand again and serve again. Lord, uh, we pray for the families of those who uh, lost their lives and who are the other people who are who are suffering in the hospital right now. We just ask you to intervene, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray for our nation today. We pray, God, uh, we're at a critical moment, a uh, time when you really want to shift things, a time when you want to bring the power of God into this nation. And, Lord, we know the enemy is doing everything he can to stop this. And so we're asking you, Lord, we're asking you to intervene. We, just, we do pray, Lord, for deliverance and healing over this land. We pray for a revival. We pray for an awakening over America, Lord. We believe that's what you want to do. We pray for the body of Christ in America that the fire of God would come into the churches. We believe that's what you want to do. We see the fire. We feel the fire, Lord. We know it's there. Well, Lord, we pray it would really be released not on a few people, not on a worship team, not on pastors, not on a few uh, hungry people, Lord, but on congregations. Whole congregations will be enveloped in fire, Lord. And they would, it would just spread across this nation, Lord. An awakening would happen, Lord, and America would turn to you, Lord. They would cry out to the Maker. Lord, we ask you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I really encourage you to come to that seminar, what uh, Sherry was saying. Uh, one of the things great about Bob Jones is you get around Bob, stuff happens. Every time I've ever been around that man, it's, it releases the, the spirit. The spiritual realm gets released because he just walks in it in such a high level, such a wonderful level, uh, and it's just that there's just a like I don't know, almost like a natural impartation that happens just being around him. So, and God is really interested in teaching people how to 
uh, hear him better, see what he's doing. Amen? Uh, so that's really actually what I wanted to talk to you about this morning. Um, is about, uh, if you want to turn in your Bibles, one thing I want to, you know, I've been trying to go through the, trying to go through the book of Ephesians. I hope you've noticed that I don't do, I can't do, you know, a lot of, I know I have some friends who can really just like start at ver- chapter 1, verse 1, and just go down the line. Don't you love that when somebody can do that and then, and it's got power and got anointed on it, you know, they can just really uh, do what they call expository teaching of the Word. That would be a dream of mine to be able to do that, but that's not a dream that's a reality in my life. The way I like to do this is I just pray and meditate, and whatever the Lord makes real to me, that's what I can go with. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it works for me. I like doing it because I like the Lord speaking to me. So th- that's sort of how I did But there's a phrase, I just wanted to say that, just if you wonder why I jump all over the place, you know, you know, chapter 2 last week, then I jumped back at the chapter 1. and So this is not just like a expository. It's just from the book and what God is saying in the book. Amen? All right, well, this what I want to talk to you about, this one phrase, this, this five times in the book of Ephesians is, is this phrase called, in the heavenly places. Okay, and now that's a really important term in the Bible, uh, in the heavenly places. And here's why it's important. Because there, those five places, it is talking literally about a location. It's not talking about something like other places the Bible talks about heavenly, like your heavenly calling. But this is not just a heavenly thing. This is talking about a place, a literal place called the heavenly places. And the heavenly places are really, really, really important to us. Okay? Or they wouldn't be five times in this one book that Paul was trying to... Uh, given an impartation about the heavenly places. Literally, it could places is not in there in the original. It could be heavenlies. That would be the most exact um, interpretation of what he's saying there. In the heavenlies. Uh, and Jesus said, uh, I saw the heavens open. In other words, the heavenly realm is not one place. I mean, it's not, it's, I'm not going to get into all that, but it's literally made up of at least three main compartments. And in those compartments are sub-compartments or sub-rooms. So, you know, the heavenly is a very, it's very real and it's very powerful. Now, here's the thing about the heavenly places. Um, most Christians don't live from the heavenly places. Okay? That's the truth. I, be, I, would, I would guarantee at least 90% of you in this room do not live from the heavenly places. I believe it's more. Okay? I, I, there's very few Christians that live from the heavenly places, to be honest with you. Okay, I'm just a student. I'm a I'm a learner. I'm a beginner in this whole thing called the heavenly places. But I'll tell you this: it's the way God designed us to live our lives. And any other way you live in your life does not work. Okay, you cannot live your life from here to heaven, and you expect you expect to have the victorious Christian life. In fact, most Christians are so bound up with the temporal things of this world. That's the biggest thing in their life. That that's the most important thing. That's the thing that they're putting their most, their majority of their focus on when it really shouldn't be like that, right? But, 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 we, but many of us are. But so, so what I've seen, okay, this is what I've seen, because I really became a few years ago very interested in the heavenly places, okay, because, you know, God provoked my interest in it because he sort of started trying to prime the pump a little bit and 
let me ex- get, expose me some to the heavenly places, and it really gave me a hunger for it. Um, but here's what I found with most people: most people, uh, it's it's the it's like the bar is so high when we talk about the heavenly places that most people just can't do it. They can't, and and so they'll go after that for a while. Okay, for a moment, for a time, they will go pursue the heavenly places. But when it doesn't work in their life the way they hear it working in other people's lives, they get frustrated and they quit. Has anybody had that experience? Let's be honest. They just, they just give up on it and go back. So really what the Lord wants to do, I know the Lord wants to do it. God wants to lower the bar for every person. Every person should be able to really tap into the heavenly places and live from the heavenly places. God made it very easy for us. We make it really hard. Okay? You know, we hear, we read that about Paul's great uh, getting caught up into, into paradise, into the third heaven. Okay? And you know what? And then we read the books about people who go to heaven, you know, and see the Lord and see things. And, and when it doesn't happen for us, we're like, this, yeah, we're supposed to go to the third heaven and but when it doesn't happen, or we hear about people hearing, seeing angels, or having angelic experiences, or having visions, and having dreams, and having trances, all those things, we hear about them, and we want those things because there's a desire in every human being's heart for the supernatural. There's a desire in every person's heart to, to connect into this other world because that's our true home. And there's something in us. You can be a lost person. There's something pulling on you for your real home. You know, this is what will happen to a person in the natural. If you come from a certain part of the country, okay, that was home to you, grew up there and it was home to you, then you move to another part of the country, and you're riding through an area that makes you think, it feels like the part of the country you grew up in, it makes you long to be at home. Has anybody ever had that? It just makes you long to be there. You, you feel it. You know, I could take Luis down to uh, where I grew up at, and he, he would want to go home because a lot of what, where I grew up is a lot like South America. There's certain areas that when we were in South America, we was like, this feels like home to us. You know? So that's why people are hungry for this supernatural because it's home. It's where we are. Okay? Are you all with me? So what I'm going to try to do, and I'm just taking this out of my life, how God has taught me, because I'll tell you this, I don't mind saying this. God has taught me how to tap into the heavenly realm. He's taught me how to learn how to live from there. Okay? I was in a lot of my Christian life, I would have a vision or I'd have a dream or some kind of encounter or experience with the Lord, but they were so few and far between, it was ridiculous. It was just a random event in my life until I began to really diligently go after it and learn how to get there and and I'm not there, but I'll tell you, I've had trances. I, I should, I've literally had the Lord to walk into the room where I was at, sat down on the couch beside me. I saw the cushion, like just like a human being sat down beside me. Just like, but there was nobody there, but I saw the cushion go down like somebody sat there. I felt his leg against my leg. Okay? That was, and, but I was in a trance. And the first thing I thought was, did this happen? Yeah. And I had to talk to Bob Jones about it, and he t- explained to me about how transitory. I've had lots of visions. I've had lots of dreams. But see, I'm not saying uh, that's, that's my experience, okay? That's what God's been doing with me. He can do that or however he wants to do it with you, okay? Because I was not having all the dreams and all the visions that I have in this point, period of my life at one point in my life. I was having hardly nothing. Are y'all with me? And so I'm going to tell you how God got me there, okay? And I believe it's a legitimate way 
uh, first of all, let me just read this. Um, and I'm, I'm just really jealous, I'll be honest with you. When I hear somebody or I read a book about somebody who went up into heaven, I'm just jealous. I'm like, I want to do that. One of my goals of my life is before I die to go to heaven and walk around up in heaven, do whatever in heaven, you know, hang around in heaven, come back to earth and live the rest of my life. I don't want to just wait till I die to go there. I want to really do that. And I've been, in, I've been to heaven three times in a dream. Went there and talked to my dad, who's in heaven. I've talked to my daughter, who's in heaven. So I've been there in a dream. I just want to be there, you know, however, I don't know how that works, but however it works, I want to go. Uh, so, but the truth is, is I can't let that discourage me that this, that thing is not happening with me. I, I got to, to really live, you know, I got to evade the process that God brings, brings me through. Because most of it, I'm going to be honest with you, most people, your spiritual life is going to be a process. Okay? And we need to value that process. We need to value how God leads us. And we need to value how God teaches us. And we need to value how He brings it. Instead of comparing ourselves to somebody who's real spiritual and it's not happening, they're having all this, why is it not happening to me? And get frustrated. That, okay, that can be childish to do that. Honestly, that can just be childish. Like, well, I'm not getting what I want, so I'm just going to take my marbles and go home. Does that mean sounding? But, but it's true, you know. And so we shouldn't be that way. We should say, okay, Lord, that's not happening, but what is happening? What would you do for me? Anyways, this is what Paul says, because it's, what I'm telling you is right here in the Bible, it's, it's not for the prophet. It's for the Christian. It's for every person, this thing about connecting with the spiritual realm and living from there. Anyways, I think I've wore you out on talking about that, you know, right? Like, would you just shut up and move on? <laughs> Have you ever been I've, been, I've listened to people preaching like, if you don't stop and just go to the next point, I'm going to throw the Bible at you. Anyways, don't be throwing no Bibles now. I have thrown a Bible too, I'll be honest with you, but I, I've repented from throwing Bibles. I've done a lot of bad things. Let me tell you something else I did bad one time. <laughs> You want to know something that's really bad? It would probably half of you get up and walk out of the room if I tell you, but I'll just test you. One time, I took the communion and threw the bread at the people. Just threw it. I hit her with it. I would have taken the grape juice and thrown it at them, but I, I knew it was going to stain everything, and then everybody would have been real mad. I mean, at the time, it seemed like the right thing to do because I was trying to make a point that we've made it in such a religious ceremony that God is just a God who wants us just to feast at His table. And He don't want a food fight, but He really wants everybody to just be able to enjoy Him. Well, I wouldn't do that today unless I was just in a real crazed moment. But I've done a lot of crazed stuff. Um, and some of it's not very wise, I'll be honest with you. Didn't you like the, how Andy... In his song, in, any ex-Presbyterians in here? <laughs> Included the Presbyterians with the homosexuals. <laughs> I was thinking, that's four Presbyterians. But I was a Presbyterian, so I'm thinking, yeah, we need that, Lord. I love Presbyterians. They've got some awesome beliefs, but they can be sort of stoic, you know, and like hard sometimes, too. So bless the Presbyterians, Lord. Anyways... Um, verse 20, let me just go on here, or I'll be getting in trouble. 
I'm just going to read verse 20 and verse 1 from 20. I'm just jumping in the middle about what God did for Jesus, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. So that's where Jesus is, in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, my dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And He put all things under His feet and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. And so really what He's trying to show us there about Jesus is that we also are, are part, we're part of His body, which means we are over all the powers and all the principalities and all the demonic forces. That's what the Bible teaches, that we're over all that. We're with Christ. We're even the lowest part of His body, which is His feet. We, if, if we're part of the feet, if river life is the foot or the little toe, or the toenail on Jesus, we're still over every demon there is. Okay? And so we have to learn that our spiritual warfare is from heaven. And, it, and he talks about that later. But this is really where we make a lot of mistakes in our Christian life. Our warfare is from here, and we're getting defeated instead of from heaven. Because we're over all that. Isn't that really wonderful? Uh, verse 4 of chapter 2, it says, But God, this is now he's switching over to us, But God, who is rich in work mercy because of his great love, which, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made, this is a, made us alive together. Everybody say, alive, to, alive together. So that's a truth of the Bible right there. That's something that really, that the Bible says, we have been made alive together. So the question is, why are we acting dead? Because it says we've been made alive. And see, we've made that more into a theology instead of a reality in our life. And what God wants to do is He wants to make life reality to us. That's why I love what Andy was saying. This song is sort of, sort of a messy, disastrous song. But we want everything so neat, you know. Well, you know, I love these seats in a row. But you know what a guy told me one time? Byron, this is not Arlington National Cemetery. <laughs> what? You see what I'm saying? We want everything in a row. It's like a cemetery. Everything's in a row in a cemetery, especially Arlington National. God wants life, and life is messy. Okay? So we just need to really face that. But He's made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised us up. What? Together. We've been raised up together with Jesus. We've been raised up with Jesus, together with Him, and made us set together. Okay? Um, in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. So the truth of the Bible is this. You and I are in the heavenly places. Okay, that's our true position. But yet we're so hung up on our condition on this earth, right? Position versus condition. How, what do you focus on the most? Do you focus most, the most on your condition in life? Or do you focus more on your position in life? Most Christians are so tied up on their condition in life, they forget their lofty position. Now, that's really the truth, and God wants to teach us to live out of the lofty position, to live from the heavenly realm. Okay? Are we, are we good so far? So let me, now I'm going to show you how the Lord got me into this, show you some scriptures He gave me. First is John 12. I'm pretty excited about, this is one of my most favorite subjects in the Bible, is the spiritual realm, the spiritual world. If, if you, you know, if I had to say I love this the most, this is what fascinates me the most and turns me on the most because this really is the way we're supposed to live. 
And I, I'm, I want to live this way. And so I've decided I'm going to live this way. But here's what Jesus said. John 3, verse 12. Did I say John 12? John 3, 12. Uh, this, is what, this is what Jesus said. If, you, if I have told you earthly things, everybody say earthly things, and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? You got that? In other words, he was saying, you can't even believe natural stuff I, I'm saying to you. Well, how in the world am I ever going to speak to you about spiritual stuff? That's a big clue on how it, that's the, was the big clue right there that really will unlock it for you, or it did for me. Then Jesus says this powerful statement. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. Did you catch that? Did y'all catch that? Did you notice where he said he was at when he was standing on the ground talking to, talking to Nicodemus? This is before Jesus was crucified. This is before Jesus was raised from dead. He said, I'm in heaven. That's what he said. The Son of Man who is in heaven. Right? So Jesus was the, was the person who lived his life on this earth, but he lived it in heaven. He was saying, from there, I'm in heaven. And so he really, so what I'm trying to tell you, this is the way Jesus wants us to live like he lived. We're supposed to live. We should be able to say like Jesus, I'm in heaven. Is that true? Is that what the Bible says? Are you in heaven? Are you in heaven, John? You, are, you, so why aren't we living like we're in heaven? That's the key we had to ask ourselves. See, I'm just trying to get you to think. Because that was the question I asked you. If I'm in heaven... If Jesus raised me up with Him and put me up there with Him, why am I living well? Why am I consumed with the cares of this life? Why does this world beat my brains out? Why? It's because I'm not living in heaven. It's because I'm not truly letting that be my experience. So I, the question I ask, Lord, Lord, how do I do it? And He says the earthly things versus the heavenly things. You've got to learn about the earthly things to be able to get into the heavenly things. So Psalm 90, let's read Psalm 90. Here's what happened to me one day. One day I was just going along with my life, and here's what the Lord's out of the blue. It's one of those out of the blue words. You know, sometimes God will speak to you out of the blue when you're not even thinking about anything. He says this to me. Byron, if you don't learn to number your days, your days will only seem like numbers to you. You got that? If you don't learn to number your days, your days won't. And so here's what was going on in my life that time. I was really busy. I was busy from, from the time I got up to the time I hit the bed. And so I was just living my life, going through, doing what I had to do every day of my life, busy as I could be, and my life was racing by me. And I looked at that moment. I looked at my life. I looked backwards at my life, and I saw things that had just raced by me. And I'm like, when? What happened? Where? Where did, it, where did that go? You see what I'm saying? And it was a, it, I was crushed by it. Okay? But... In the crushing bite, there was also this other scripture that came to my mind. It says, teach me, Lord, teach me to number my days so that I might gain a heart of wisdom. Okay? Teach me to number my days so that I might gain. In other words, let me just say this. Numbering your days is not something you're going to do natural. Nobody does it. It takes God to teach us how to really do that. Okay, it takes God for us to really capture our lives every day. Because this is what he said, because when, when all this is going on, I heard the Lord say this to me. I care about how you live each and every day of your life. I care about it. I care about what goes on in your life. I care about what's happening in your life. And your life is racing by you, and you're not even capturing it. 
Okay, so I said, Lord, teach me how to number my days. Show me how to do this. Let me read you the, the verse uh, in Psalm. It's in Psalm 90. I want you to have this. Now, listen, I'm telling you how I got into this, and this is as low as the bar can go. In other words, as, as somebody said to me, this is like the preschool. It's what I'm giving you. This is the preschool of the heavenly realm. This is the preschool. I mean, I, I don't know how you get in, Lord, it, but, because this is, everybody can do this. If a, you know, in the natural, a preschooler can do certain things. Well, we can do this. We can act like we're preschoolers spiritually, Lord. Teach us how to do this, and this is, this is what he would do. Well, at least he did me. Maybe it's even worse. Maybe this is the nursery of the spiritual realm. I don't know. Uh, it says in Psalm 90, let me read verse 1 first. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Now, that tells you right there, those people understood the heavenly realm. They understood that God was the place where they lived. The heavenly realm was their place. God, you're our dwelling place. That's where we live. Okay, and then it goes through a bunch of, a bunch of things. And then in verse 12 it says, So teach us because you're our dwelling. Do you get this? I want you to get this. But he starts out and says, You're our dwelling place. Heaven is where we live. And because heaven is where we live, teach us to number our days. You see that? Because, because there's a spiritual realm. Lord, teach me to number my days. And I'm in the spiritual realm. Teach me to number my days. Okay? So that I might gain a heart of wisdom. A person with a heart of wisdom is not consumed by this world. They're not, they're, their goals in life are not centered around this life. Their goals in life are spiritual goals. And, and, and they're not consumed by the temporal things of this world and being, and being ate up by the temporal things of this world. That's a person with a heart of wisdom. Are y'all following that? Yes or no? All right, so I asked the Lord, okay, teach me how to do this. And this is what He showed me to do. Here's what you've got to do if you want, your, want to have a heart of wisdom. He said to me, when you get up in the morning, walk outside and look at the sky. That's what he showed me. Get up, go outside and look at the sky. Look at the ground. Look at the trees. Remember Jesus said about the earthly things? Okay? So, you start each, so I started each of my days, I would go and I would look at the sky. What's the sky doing? How's the sun rising? When the wind blowed, I looked at the trees to see what the trees were doing. I listened to the birds. Okay? I began to really pay attention to the natural world that around me, what the natural world was doing, the, the frost on the ground, the bare trees, the sprouts, whatever, the birds, when the birds are flying around doing stuff and picking up berries, which they were doing that yesterday. They know stuff we don't know. Okay? To pay attention to those things. And as I begin to see that, all of a sudden I begin to see into the spiritual world. Because Romans one twenty. Are you all with me so far? Now I'm just telling you this little, one little thing here, just to help you. What I'm telling you is, the Bible teaches us the preschool of the spiritual world. How you enter into the spiritual world, how you connect with the spiritual world, is you do it through the natural world, through the natural creation. You focus on the natural creation. You look at the natural creation. And as you pay attention to it, and you make that a part of your regular life. I mean, Becky asked me, what are you doing out there? You know, I go out there, it's freezing cold out there in the morning. 
out there on the porch so I can look around at the sky outside. Because otherwise, I can get my iPhone all out, pull up the weather channel, and it'll tell me exactly the temperature. It'll tell me how cloudy it is. It, you know, isn't that wonderful? And I don't even have to look at the sky. I can walk out at night and never look up and look at the stars above me and look at what God's created and think, oh my gosh, look at that. There's a God up there somewhere. Nobody could put all that up there in the sky. There's got to be a God. If He did that, where is that God? See, it'll cause something in you to wake up. You know? Because I went literally for two years and never looked up into the night sky. Literally, I remember the night doing it. I walked down to my mailbox and I thought, what's going on up there? And I looked and I was convicted because I realized there's this world around me and God, and I'm looking, trying to get in the spiritual world and I don't even connect with the world that God's already given me. And, and, and so, so... All those dreams, all those visions, all those trances, all those angelic things I've had, they all began when I started looking to the natural skies, to the creation. When I started looking at the trees, it opened the door into the spiritual world for me. Now that's the truth. I'm telling you the truth. And that's why Jesus was talking about the earthly things. It says it right here in Romans 1, verse 20. So if you're a person who's gotten frustrated, I think Rhonda said she got frustrated. That stuff wasn't happening to her. <laughs> Anyways, they know some stuff. I'm not arguing. Let me just read this one scripture to you. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. You see that? God's invisible world who God is, is clearly seen. All we got to do is open our eyes and look. That's all we got to do. It's not something special. It's right there. I can look out the window right now and see those pine trees out there. There's something out there. There's the attributes of God out there in those trees. It don't, you, you, you know, you ain't never seen a forest that was planted in rows unless a man did it. But you watch God's forest and there are no, there's no rows. There's briar, you know, they're just, it's hard to walk through God's forest. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, being understood by the things that are made. You see that? We understand the spiritual world by the things that are made. The things that God created. He, it helps us to understand the spiritual world. Even, everybody want the power of God? Even His inter- eternal power and Godhead. And then it says, so there with, without excuse. Isn't that good? So that's, that's the entrance. That's how you get in there. That's how you begin to connect with the spiritual world. That's how you begin to see angels. That's how you begin to feel things when you walk in a place, when you walk in a business. See, we should be, this is what we should be doing. She, she mentioned it about connecting. We should be going places and we should be thinking spiritually. That you should not walk into any place ever without discerning the spiritual atmosphere in a place. If you walk in a coffee shop and you're going to sit down and have coffee, you want to know what's going on, on in that place spiritually. You want to be able to sense it. You want to be able to feel it. And we can do that if we're living out of the heavenly places. But if we're living out of here, we're not going to sense Jack, if you're at work, when you walk in your office, you want to know. When your boss comes, you want to know what kind of spirit's operating on him. Because you, you, know, you might not want to get in an argument with him that day because he might be operating in a real powerful demonic spirit that would beat you up. 
you know, or, or fire you or something. You know, we need to understand that stuff. And if we're living out of the heavenly realm, if we're living the way we're supposed to live, we can, we can dial in and connect with that stuff. And we should be thinking about it all the time. I mean, if you invite me to your house, this is what's going to happen. When I walk in the door of your house and I'm greeting you, I, my mind's a million more places. I'm trying to think, what's going on in this house spiritually? What's happening here? You know, spiritually. Is this a good place? Is, is the Lord here? Are, are there angelic visitations here? Or is the devil operating out of this house? You know? And so, you, you know, you go to the gym. I mean, you know, your life. That's why the Lord said, I care about how you live your everyday life. I care. I care about that. And you should care about it. And the only way to live it and live it the way He designed it is to live it from, from heaven, from the spiritual world, where we're, we, where we're at. Are y'all okay? Or am I just being crazy? Okay, let me just do this Psalm 73 one. This, this one's really good. Y'all all remember Aesop, right? Oh, Aesop was the number one Andy Squires of David's generation. I mean, he was the worship leader. He was the man, right? He... So, you know, you want worship leaders that are spiritual, right? You don't want worship leaders that are dead. Correct? I mean, if they're dead, man, they're going to leave worship, what are they going to release to you? Deadness. So, you know, Asaph had some juice on him because David was a spiritual guy. And this is what he said. This is verse 1, Psalm 73. Uh, Truly, God is good to Israel, Dean. Okay? He said that, right? God's good to Israel. And everybody who's going to be mean to Israel is going to make God mad to this day. To such as are pure in heart, all right, but as for me, okay, my feet almost stumbled. My feet almost stumbled. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there's no pain in their death, but their strength is firm. And he goes on and goes through this whole list. So here's a man, a spiritual man, who one day got out of the Spirit. One day quit living out of heaven and started looking around him, okay, of what was going on around him, the people around him, what was happening in the natural. And he said, because of that, I almost slipped. Now, I'm not going to go through all that. I don't have time, but let's read verse 16. When I thought how to understand this, okay, when I started thinking about this, I need to understand why, why God is Dean blessed and I'm not that wicked rascal. <laughs> why was this person healed and I wasn't? Why are they blessed and I'm not blessed? Why did God let that happen and it didn't happen to me? I bet you've asked God those questions. Everybody in this room has been where Asaph's been. Everybody in this room. Why? Okay? He said, when I thought about how to understand it, it was just too painful for me. In other words, it just brought more pain. It brought more discouragement. It brought more disappointment into my heart. When I looked at these people being so blessed, and here I am, I can hardly feed my kids because David won't give me a raise. I'm just having a rough time in my life. And these people who are wicked, who don't love God, who don't give to God, who don't serve God, look at what's happening with them. That was, what, that was his deal. You can make your deal anything, whatever it is. You know, he said, it was just too painful. Okay? And then he said, until. Something happened. Something happened. Until. Okay? Now, this until is really important. 
Okay? Now, I want you, first of all, when I talk about this sanctuary he went into, I want you to get church out of your mind. He said, until I went into the sanctuary. Because he wasn't talking about going to church. He was talking about an encounter with the Lord. He was talking about something spiritual happening in his life. Because I've been to church a lot of times in my life. And I walked out the door just as messed up as I walked in the door. But when I have gone to church and encountered the Lord, I walked out the door different. But you can encounter the Lord anywhere. That sanctuary is wherever there's an encounter. Wherever the Lord shows up. He says, my foot had almost slipped. I was messed up. I had this pain. I had this sorrow in my life like a lot of Christians do today. They're just messed up. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Then I understood what was really happening. Then I had this encounter of God and suddenly my eyes were open and I saw what was really happening in the world around me. And what I thought was happening in the world around me was not. I was believing a lie. I saw something different because I was seeing it from the perspective of a heaven. I was seeing how God sees it. And God looks at it different. God thinks about it different. And I had this encounter with the Lord. That's why I told you that. Christmas, day after Christmas, when I, it snowed, I was happy I wasn't in church because I went out into the snow and I had an encounter with the Lord Almighty in the snow. And that was a great day because the presence of the Lord was there for me out there in the woods with God and me and the dog and the snow all around me. That was the sanctuary of God for me that day. And God has called Christians to live from that place of heaven, those encounters, those places. That's why it's not wrong to want to see angels because angels bring the presence of the Lord. You know, and that's not wrong to want God to give you revelation because revelation releases the presence of God into your life. And when you get that, everything in your life changes. You change. And your life is different. Your circumstances may not be different at that moment, but you see them different. Just like he said, I saw it. I saw what was really happening. Because I was living in deceit. This world had deceived me. And I was bound up living from here. Yes, I really is getting back to that Garden of Eden thing. Living from which tree? The good and evil tree or the life tree? The way we were designed to live. You and I can't interpret our life properly from here. We can't do it. You can't walk in any room. You can't go in any church. You can't look at your job. You can't look at your calling and interpret any of it right and understand any of it right from this life. Because it'll always deceive you. It'll always tell you something wrong. The only way you can do it is from heaven. That's the reason Paul the Apostle could say what he said. Listen, listen. I spent a night and a day in the ocean, dying out there. I thought I was going to die. I've been beat to pieces. If I just looked at it in natural, I'd think, what? there's no God. There can't be a God that would allow me. But he didn't see it from there. He saw everything from heaven. And he saw it. He says, I don't None of that really matters to me. None of that moves me. I'm letting all that go. I'm pressing into something much greater in my life because he saw something much greater. You know, and here's what the church is. The church just sees what we do. That's why the church is constantly tinkering with the outward. Let's make the outward better. Let's make this better. And I'm not against those. I'm just saying if that's all we do then we've just changed some, uh, one deception for another deception. You know, one surface for another surface. And God's not called us to do that. He's not called us to live like that. It's the truth, I'm telling you. Anyways, let me finish reading this and we'll be done. Amen? Verse, yeah, come on. Somebody's cheering, like, please be done. I'm so sick of this. 
Psalm 73. You know, really what the Lord wants to do, I'm going to tell you this. Andy's up there talking about the fire of God. God is very interested in the fire being released. Okay? That's what He wants to bring on the earth. He said that. Didn't Jesus say, I wish this fire, I got a fire, I wish it was already kindled. Everybody thinks that's some terrible thing. That's the greatest thing there is, is the fire of God. For some people, it will be terrible. Depends on which side of the road you're on. If you're on the side with Jesus, you're just there burning with Him. And you just don't want to be in no backdraft. Those people are going to be in trouble. Anyways, that's another story. Um, are y'all okay? Yeah. Whom have I... This is a wonderful scripture, verse 25. Whom have I... Who, whom have I... They shouldn't let me proofread the new... The new thing we're trying to do, the new... What do you call it? The creed. They've been let me proofread them, and I would try to read them out loud, and I couldn't do it. I thought, I can't... I'm not the best proofreader here, because I can hardly read out loud. Y'all have noticed that, right? That's sad, isn't it? But this is good. I, I may be sad, but this is... Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. Let me just tell you all this. I want you all to get this. Love is a choice. This woman, 30-something years, 30, almost 35 years ago, I had to make a decision about her. Am I going to fall in love with her? Am I not? Am I going to love Becky Davis or am I not? I made a conscious decision about Becky Davis. I'm going to love her. And when I made that decision, guess what? I loved her. The love was there. God gave me the choice. See, I, I'm going to tell you this. We all do that. Some of us are conscious of that. Some people who are analytical and they think through why they're doing what they're doing. They want to, you know, they got these gears turning in their mind all the time. They're thinking, I do that too much. But I did that. And you do that whether you're conscious of it or not. You're making choices. And so we can make a choice to make God, the Lord Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, the greatest desire that we have. Where it says we have nothing greater in heaven than you. And there's nothing here, there's nothing here that even compares to you, that even gets close to you. I'm making that. I've made that choice. That's my, that's my choice. That's my vision in life. Is I've made Him the greatest desire of my life. I've made that decision. I chose to do that. When I felt His love towards me, I said, I'm going to love you more than I love anything else here. I made the decision. He didn't make it for me. And you and I have to make those decisions. And that's powerful to me. And that's why Asaph, he had this decision. He said, my, head, my flesh and heart may fail, or my heart, flesh and heart and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In other words... In this world, I may get to those moments, and I will, and I've been to those moments, but I have found God to be the strength of my heart and my portion. Okay? My portion. Because in the end, what else do we have but the Lord? Anyways, we're getting to the punchline. Okay? For indeed, those who are far from you shall, shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. That's pretty intense, but that's not for us. But it is good for me to draw near to God. It's good for me. That's the right thing for me in my life. To draw near. to, And that's what I'm talking about, the heavenly realm. Draw near to God 
the Bible says, and He will draw near to you. Make a choice. Make a decision about the heavenly realm. Make some conscious things about encounters with the Lord. Make that the thing that you're going to pursue. I'm going to pursue encounters. I'm going to pursue dreams. I'm going to pursue visions. I'm going to pursue revelations. I'm going to pursue going into the heavenly realm. I'm going to pursue it. That's a decision. That's my drawing near to God here because I want to live from heaven. I want to experience the presence of God in my life. And I want to see my life from God's perspective. I don't want to see it from my perspective because my perspective is a lie. You know how you can get up in an airplane and see things? You can see roads that you can't see. You can see things where they go, where they come from. That's the way it is from God. You see all this stuff. You see from here to here all at one point. Why is my life like this? Well, let me get up here and look. Oh, I see. I see what God. I see that road ahead of me. I'm fixing to have a breakthrough. I'm not going to sit down here and moan and groan anymore because God has shown me there's a breakthrough right in front of me. But if I keep moaning and groaning, I'm going to turn myself away from the very thing that God has for me. And we'll not know those things if we're living here because we can't see. But we can see from up there. Do y'all see that? Obviously you do because we don't see. I'm just messing with you. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. Now, it started out, God's good Israel. I'm making that with all those of pure heart. But as far as me, I'm falling. And then he has an encounter. And he ends his words like, this is, the Lord is worth all this. He's worth it all. He's worth it. Why is he worth it? Because I've experienced God. I've had encounters with God. I've seen life from God's perspective. I see the truth now. And see, that's why Paul said in Ephesians, that we've been seated with Christ in the heavenly places, that we're there, and we can live our life from there. We've been made to sit with Him together. We're together with Him. We've been raised up together with Him. We've been given life together with Him. But Paul's saying, listen, you've got to quit this. This can't be just a good theology. It's an awesome theology, and it needs to be a theology. But if it don't become an experience, it's just a theology. And it won't change your life. It won't transform you. But when it becomes a real experience in your life, it transforms you because there is not a Bible verse in the whole Bible that will do anything from you if it's just theology, if it's just truth on the paper. But when it becomes real life experience in you, then you begin to be transformed. Amen? And so here's the bar. I've lowered it down as low as I can low. Get out there and begin to observe your life. Begin to observe the created world around you knowing that there's a door in that created world into His world. And as you be... Because here's the truth. I stopped doing it for about three months. And you know what else stopped in me? I just sort of forgot to do it. I just sort of forgot to pay attention. And guess what else just stopped? When I stopped, I noticed my dreams stopped. I noticed I wasn't getting visions. I noticed I wasn't hearing God. Like, what's wrong? And I remember, oh, I know what's wrong. I, I, I walked out the door, and, I just, and the door shut behind me. And I'm just stuck down here. But when I, I made a decision, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to start looking again. You know why I stopped? Because it got wintertime, and there was no leaves to look at. And I thought, well, I'm just looking at bare trees. That's never, well, wait a minute. Every morning there's something on the ground. Maybe it's frost. Maybe it's dew. And if you look in certain places, you can go and you see a, a vapor that's rising up. I'm, I'm telling you, that works. I'm telling you, that's how God will bring you into the spiritual world, His world. And God wants to do that for you. 
Because God wants you to have everything that He has, that He died for you to have. And He loves you and He cares about you deeply. And He wants you to know when there is a thief that's been in your life since you were five years old, He wants you to know about it and He wants you to get rid of that thief. I had a really breakthrough today on that thief thing. Jackie saw that a year ago. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put, it, put it together. She saw that thief. She saw him. She described him. And when I saw him this morning, it was the same one she described, but it, the Lord reminded me of that dream I had when I was off that little boy. And that thing did operate in my life since I was five years old, stealing, robbing me of the things that God has for me. You see, that's connecting with the spiritual world. And you're seeing what God wants you to see so you can stop those things from happening in your life. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? I just want to share a quick testimony about um, what Byron's saying about living from the heavenly realm. The Lord had taken me through a season where I was getting actually a lot of dreams and visions and um, going up into heaven, and this continued for a period of time. And I found that I slipped into my daily life operating out of my kind of wisdom and what I thought was best and bit in my work life here at the church, just kind of operating what I thought. Um, and recently, the Lord, going into 2011, the Lord has been talking to me about the heavenly realms being open, the throne room being open for wisdom. I said, all right, Lord, well, I just put that out before you. I want to quit living from my wisdom and really start seeking you in all areas. And um, recently... I've been putting that to use practically, just seeking the Lord before I get into making decisions or plans. And uh, it's been about two months since I had any dreams from the Lord, well, at least that I was aware of. And last night, the Lord opened up this dream to me that I knew was it's the craziest dream in the world. And I don't really know what it means yet, but I know it's from the Lord. And then it woke me up, and I'm, as I'm documenting it, the Lord takes me and connects me um, just takes my heart to a buddy of mine that I've been disconnected from for a while. I knew it was his heart for, for me to reach out to this guy. And, um, and then I start going to another dream. And it's like, you know, this is an hour I've been awake at night and keeping waking up Mary because my iPhone's lit up because I'm, like, trying to write this stuff down. And uh, I'm like, all right, Lord, I need some sleep now. <laughs> but I just want to say that that's a, that's a real thing putting our mind on seeking the heavenly realms. And the Lord will open that door for us. That's practical. He will open that door for us. And so I just want to um, put that out there for everybody this morning. If you want to receive from the heavenly realm and put yourself in the natural in that place of seeking the Lord or in your mind in that place of seeking the heavenly realm, um, as Andy starts playing, just stand up and I'll pray for us if that's okay. If anybody wants to receive those things from heaven this morning, Heavenly Father, we do just, we know that we are not of this world, that we are of your world, Lord, and so we acknowledge that publicly this morning. Father, you do have a place for us in heaven. It's open to us, and that's where we live. That's where our soul lives even now as we stand here. And so, Lord, we seek you, Father God. We seek you, Lord. We say yes. Yes, Lord. We want to live from heaven, Father. So, Lord, in the natural, open our eyes, Lord. In your creation, 
Open our eyes to the things that you've created and your wisdom, Lord. And open our eyes to your plans for us through those things. Lord, and open our eyes in our daily lives and the plans, the paths that we have to walk out. Lord, in our steps, in our gro- at the grocery store, at the workplace, in our homes. Lord, I just pray that you would open our eyes to the wisdom that you have for us, Lord. And then just reveal, reveal to us, Lord, in dreams and visions and angelic visitations and heavenly visitations that you would reveal to us the things of heaven, Lord, that you have for us. Amen.